0: It's great that you're taking part of your day to join me on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com, that's our main website. Clark.com slash ask, that's where you go to post a question for me. You also can get advice off the air. We offer that over 40 hours each week, where you can get free off-the-air advice from a member of Team Clark. If you just scroll down on our main page on Clark.com, you'll see the phone number and hours available, and we'll have information for you throughout the holiday when we are closed to celebrate the Christmas, New Year's holiday period. Coming up in just a few minutes, a cryptocurrency scam has been broken, and people lost millions of dollars. I need to tell you, in all the excitement, that's going on about Bitcoin and other digital currencies, you need to know it's become a fertile playground for the crooks. I'm going to tell you how to protect yourself. And later, Facebook has decided to go after the all-important three-year-old market. (laughs) Oh, man. Everybody in the digital space is looking for a way to get preteens and younger on their platforms, get them hooked for life. I'm going to tell you what's going on, what you need to know about protecting your young ones. And speaking of which, Netflix came up with something for kids that has been ultra popular, where you know those uh, name-your-own-adventure books, All three of my kids at different stages, well, all at similar ages, but all my kids are at different stages of life, they all went through a phase where they adored choose your own adventure books. And night after night, we would read the same book and then choose a different course at various points. You know, if you want blah, blah, blah turn to page 63. But if you'd like this, that, or the other, turn to 31 or whatever. So Netflix thought, hey, kids love that so much. Let's make some shows that kids get to try alternate themes, alternate endings. And so the actors of these shows shoot the scenes various ways, and then kids are able to choose your own adventure in television. So it's been ultra popular. Now Netflix is introducing the same concept for adults. And they are going to offer, I think it's a couple of shows that are available where you get to go back and choose which storyline to follow. I read about this in Ad Age, so I don't think it's supposed to be for general Public consumption yet that this is coming out. So sorry if I beat an embargo by knowing what Ad Age was up to. But anyway, you're going to have the ability to watch a story with different themes, different outcomes. And I think this is just so neat. When I brought this up pre show, we meet from all the disciplines, our off air center. Our digital people, radio, TV, we all get together. And the childlike enthusiasm that lit up in everybody in our pre show meeting, it was just clear that this is something that holds real interest to people. And you could never do it with traditional TV, but with a streaming product like Netflix, absolutely you can do this. And as to when, It will load on Netflix, Ad Age did not say, but how fun. Ben is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ben. Hey, how are you? Great, thank you, Ben. You want to talk about money you're saving versus money you owe. Correct. What's the scoop?
1: So um, I was fortunate enough when I was young that uh, my grandmother had uh, purchased some mutual funds and whatnot and, and has left them to me. And um, about twenty-three thousand dollars in mutual funds right now, um, and me and my wife have about twenty-one thousand oh, dollars. I'm sorry, twenty-one thousand dollars in mutual funds, and I have about twenty-three thousand dollars in credit card debt between the two of us. So my question was: Is should I use these mutual funds to pay off the lion's share of this um, of this uh, credit card debt? And if I should, what would be the tax implications of me maybe? doing that now and this year, or would it be better for me to wait uh, to the next calendar year so I don't have that tax penalty this year um, compared to next year? Well, that's
0: the advantage of January. We also don't know exactly how the new tax policies will work that are being worked out in the House-Senate conference and exactly what the tax rate would be specifically on capital gains. Can I ask generally what kind of income the two of you have together?
1: Um, we're uh, between depending on the year between 95 and 110
0: okay so your tax rate on uh, what's known as capital gains would not be terrible did you uh, actually inherit these mutual funds from your grandmother or did she give you money as a child that was always in your name like in a custodial account that became fully yours as an adult
1: right Uh, yeah she had uh, left it to me in a custodial form
0: Okay. Uh, child. All right. So you owe tax on what these were originally worth versus what they are now. Right. So just in if you wanted to think of it in uh, in the most conservative terms, just figure twenty percent of the gain you'll owe in tax. Okay. that's round ballpark.
1: Um now and would it be best for me to to keep these and just let these grow over the next years or Get rid of this credit card debt.
0: Okay, so that's the real question. Correct. Historically, when someone takes a lump sum and wipes out credit card debt, unfortunately, the behavioral pattern is that the credit cards are back at the balances they were at prior within 18 months. And the reason is is that the advantage of paying off credit cards slowly is that it forces you to live on less than what you make and it changes your lifestyle where if you sell the mutual funds, pay the taxes, you could wipe out the substantial amount of this credit card debt, you haven't had to make any lifestyle change to do that and it puts you in danger that you charge up the cards again. Okay, yeah. So that's the reason why even if mathematically, you know you've probably had a nice run up in these mutual funds, at some point we're going to have a correction in the stock market. It's probably a very good time to sell for that reason. but if if you don't handle money differently moving forward, you haven't accomplished anything and then you don't have the money your grandma gave you anymore. Right. Okay. So that's really a decision. For you and your wife to think through, are you going to have a different relationship with your paychecks?
1: No, Definitely, we have to.
0: (laughs) So, know that that's that's the decision, not necessarily whether it be uh, mathematically good to sell the mutual funds. Okay. Because if you ask me, would it be, I would say, well, yeah, you could look at it this way, and this is where the discipline would come from. If you... Sold the mutual funds, paid the tax, paid off most of the credit card debt, and then forward, you put money into, let's say, a Roth IRA every single month like clockwork Mm -hmm. and rebuild your investments, and then this time they're tax-free. That would potentially be a superior idea, but it's all about you and being honest with yourselves that you will be different with money. So that's the conversation you and your wife need to really, really drill down to. And best to both of you however you end up making that decision. And speaking of Ross, Bob, you're brilliant.
2: Yes. No, I have yeah, it's it, it,
0: mm-hmm. Bob? Of course. Yeah, yeah. You are brilliant, right?
2: Well, i'd I'd strive for it i guess but i wouldn't say i'm brilliant
0: well i'd say that your idea is brilliant what are you thinking
2: well this kind of morphed from my son um needing money for a washington dc trip um through his school and we we agreed to pay half of it if he got the other half and so he started mowing lawns um He's thirteen and oh, okay. he's actually doing fairly well and he's already up to three quarters of what he needs. Oh, okay. And I thought, well, if he continues to do this, could um, we put that money into a, a Roth for him because I'm trying to teach him how time is such a huge advantage in investing at his age. But then I'm thinking if, if he were were to do this, you know, if he was to, you know, file a tax return, would that affect him, his ability to get grants or things for college.
0: No, money in a retirement account is generally not considered to be an asset for college. Great. So if he, and this is fantastic, as a teen, putting money into a Roth IRA, you get at least one additional turn of the money, you know, doubling of the money. Mm-hmm. And it makes his path so much easier down the road and you build a habit from a very young age, so I don't like this. I love this idea
2: well I, I like it more now that it doesn't you know have anything to do with getting getting uh, help for college that's that's the key there and I thought, okay, great.
0: now colleges can do funny things and they can interpret assets in ways that they wish, but generally money that is in a retirement account. I'm not aware of examples where they have counted that against a student because it's money that yeah. is uh, the tax code recognizes is for way in the future and specifically for retirement. Okay. And so you live in the only state I've never been to? What's
2: that? You've never been to North
0: Dakota? I've never been to North Dakota. So well, can he make a lot more money running a snowblower? in the uh, winter
2: he, he probably could um, it's just the snowblower I have is so ancient and old and heavy he can't really utilize it
0: <laughs> well maybe he ends up with his own business where he buys his own snowblower and he makes money doing that in the winter because who wants to go out when it's 50 below zero right with the wind chill
2: uh, I don't even usually go out when it's that cold But it, yeah but kids uh, don't mind <laughs>
0: <laughs> People be thrilled to have him out there.
2: That, we can charge double depending upon you know if it goes below twenty below because that's that's about the extent of it is always usually it's only below below twenty.
0: So. Oh come on! Everybody be who's been in Williston working in the oil fields tells me these stories. I had a guy the other day, last week, telling me a story about when it was sixty-two below in with, Williston.
2: Yeah, but that's that's with wind chill. So the actual temperature is maybe like 25 below.
0: Yeah, that's all, only 25 below.
2: (laughs) There was one time I remember it was minus 86 below with wind chill. That was a number of years ago.
0: Minus 86. Now, is this how you're trying to attract me to come pick up my last state, is to come be an 86 below wind chill?
2: Well, come come in July. It's gorgeous up here then.
0: It is, it is. I'll make it someday. But I love the idea, Bob, of him doing a Roth. Have him look with you at my uh, investment guide at Clark.com. And I've got a lot of low-cost choices that he'll learn from and he'll also build wealth from. Tax-free. It's time for today's Clark-rageous moment. I can tell you from the questions people are posting on Clark.com that questions about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies continue to be one of the areas of highest interest to you because, well, you keep hearing about these things going through the roof or through the sky, I mean, to the galaxy and back, the Bitcoin values are going so much. But you need to understand this is a mania that is attracting a lot of scamsters. Scamsters rip Outrages. It's a clark Regis moment. So, there are operators that are setting up, promoters, that are setting up their latest cryptocurrency. One called uh, Plexcoins was just busted by both the federal authorities here and the authorities in Canada for running an out and out scam they sold people 15 million dollars worth of these coins that are worth absolutely nothing billions of dollars of these have been sold this year by people just setting up a business you or i could set up what's known as an ico an initial coin offering and because people think that they're going to get instantly rich from this figment of somebody's imagination. People are taking their hard-earned money, taking their savings and putting it into these various ICOs. But this is no different than if the people who make Monopoly started taking the Monopoly money they sell, setting it up or you know in the Monopoly board, hey, you got the fake money selling it as a digital currency for a digital Monopoly game, and they tell you it's worth whatever, and you start buying it. Know that any of these things, if they don't convert into real money that you can use to buy real things, they are fake. They are not real. And just because people are bidding cryptocurrencies through Values that nobody saw in even the dot-com bubble of a generation ago, or any other prior bubble, doesn't make it any less of a bubble. So there are people out there that are straight-out con artists, there are others that are just getting caught up in the hype. Please don't put any money at risk in any of these coins that's money you actually need to live on now or in the future. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You want to know the best place for deals? Well, I'm biased. I think it's clarkdeals.com, our deal diggers, looking for deals for you all the time, all day long, into the evening, on the weekend. And we just don't post deal after deal. We try to only show you deals that we think are Really deals, not non-deal deals, masquerading. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. And I wanted to say that because I'm about to talk about Facebook. Facebook has decided they have to go after the all-important kindergartner market. That's right. New Facebook messenger for kids looking for kids from kindergarten through seventh grade. And I've been reading the reviews about it from people in the tech field, because Facebook makes this sound like it's a completely walled, protected garden for your kids, and not so much. Because even though Facebook touted that they're not going to display ads to kids, they say they're not going to collect data on your kids for ad purposes. But the company is going to collect the content of your kid's messages. They're going to get the pictures your kids send. They're going to track what features your kid uses of the app. They're going to track information about what device your kid is using. And they're going to share it within a bunch of affiliated companies. Of Facebook. Not okay. This is not altruistic of Facebook at all. It's about making kids, marketing fodder, valuable providers of information to Facebook. And it's one thing for me as an adult to allow like apps on my phone. Grant this permission, that permission, the other permission. And by the way, pay attention to those permissions and don't give ones you don't want to give. But for a kid to do so, not okay. And while I'm on this topic, for teenagers, there's not one talk, one conversation about being smart on the smartphone. And I know, and you may not want to know this, but teenagers overwhelmingly have accounts they don't tell you about where they communicate with people you don't even know. And as a parent, you got to be all in their business. For a minor child living under your roof, having the privilege of having a smartphone they need to live under your rules you're not their buddy you're their parent and when a kid is doing stuff on that phone you need to know kids face a lot of problems and danger from people that they communicate with on their phones on various forms of social media and kids will also do something you know the colleges. If your kid's likely to go to college and so many employers, they're scouring what's out there about your kid on social media, what's out there that when they're trying to decide should an employer, should they hire this candidate or that candidate, should they accept this kid as a freshman or that kid as a freshman, what they're doing on those phones stays with them, and a lot of times they don't have the maturity to make the right decisions. But as far as getting a kid started with social media in kindergarten, this is not a good idea, and Facebook did not come clean on how they're doing it and what they're tracking, and it's just another opportunity for Facebook to make money on the back's of innocent young elementary school kids. Ridiculous. Bob is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bob.
2: Hi, Clark. Good to talk to you today.
0: Well, great to have you here. You have a teenager who's ready to be a credit card holder. Is that right?
2: Well, possibly. Uh, he got his first job, so uh, he was getting a paycheck, and I went to the bank, and they issued him a ATM debit card, And I guess my question is, is is there any way he can get a credit card? He's pretty mature. Um, It's just safer than a debit card. I guess that's what I'm coming at.
0: Yeah, the debit card is not safe. Uh, At 16, a child, and a lot of issuers allow this at age 15 or 16, depending on the issuer, where Mm -hmm. you can add a minor child, as an authorized user on one of your credit cards. Mm-hmm. And depending on the issuer, you may help your teenager already establish a credit record and a credit score based on your credit standing. Mm-hmm. And so the danger to you is uh, you got to know your teenager and know if he will be responsible with that card. Right. But the advantage of it is that your teenager could hit adulthood already having a well-established solid credit record.
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: And the credit card if he's responsible and doesn't go crazy spending money, it is it's far better than carrying that debit card, what I call a piece of trash fake Visa or fake Mastercard.
2: Right. And then he can get his own at 18?
0: Well, okay, so that's fuzzy. Because the law says if he becomes a full-time college student, that he's not to be marketed to for a credit card till his 21st birthday. Mm. And the reason that law exists is that a lot of people were handed cards at 18, weren't mature enough to handle them, and ended up running into very large credit card debts. Under the law, being an adult, they were responsible for them, and it ruins their credit for years to come. So the law was changed, I think it was in 2011, I'm not exactly sure of the year, that uh, established that a college student was not eligible for a credit card till age 21 unless they were fully emancipated, meaning that they were providing for more than 50% of their financial support, even though they're in college, in which case they're eligible for a card at age 18.
2: Okay. All right. Well, thank you.
0: Thank you. And uh, how do you feel about your son? Do you think he'd be okay handling being an authorized user on one of your cards i
2: think i think he'd be okay but then at the every month we'd have to tally up what were what are his expenses and what are my expenses and then he has to reimburse me it's just a little messy
0: not that hard you know with online access to accounts and they break them down by card number Mm -hmm. so you should be able to tell which is uh which are his charges and what he owes you each month versus what's yours
2: he would get a separate credit card with a separate credit card number then?
0: Depends on the issuer, but even okay. when an issuer issues cards with same number, they usually know individual issuers, individual I users, based on information with that card being processed electronically. Okay. just depends on the issuer itself.
2: Okay.
0: So whatever works best for you and your own family, though, is what you should do, Bob. Amy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Amy.
3: Hi, Clark. Thanks How you for doing? my question. Sure. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, I have a question for you. My husband and I are retiring at the end of this month, and we're moving from California to Texas, where I understand they don't tax retirement income. And there's no, there's no state
0: income tax in Texas. So first okay. of all... Uh, You sound like you're retiring in your 30s. You sound so young. Good for you.
3: I am young. My husband is more closer to retirement age, but we just have heard so many stories of people saying, I'll work another year, I'll work another year, and then they get sick or something happens, and the time is just lost. So we're at a point where we can retire, and I'm very thankful for that but um so my question is we want amy you so
0: inspired Uh, me i'm going to retire right this second joel will you answer (laughs) this question i'm going that's scary for everyone yeah
3: (laughs) Yeah, everyone retire
0: (laughs) so you're going to move to texas where in texas you think you're going to settle
3: near dallas fort worth we have some adult children that live down there and some grandchildren and we want to spend more time with them
0: so you pick Dallas so you'd still be able to eat at In-N-Out Burger, is that why?
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and have trade, you know, just different kinds of things that are closer that are in California as well as Texas. So in <laughs> Texas, nice you're
0: going to be stunned how much cheaper housing is going to be for you than what you're used to in California, Yes. But you'll also be surprised how expensive property taxes can be in the state of Texas.
3: I've been, we've heard that, and we've been looking at that as well. We kind of have a little alternative thing going with um, we're thinking of um, purchasing a home when we get there. We're selling our home here in California and using some of that money to live on to make up the difference. My husband has a pension. He was with his company for 28 years. So he's with a good company that got great medical benefits for retirees. So we're really happy about that. But our main question is, what's the best way to move where we're thinking U-Haul or some kind of, you know, truck company where you rent your own truck or, you know, something where they put a A container on your property and move
0: it down for you right so so i mean you've got now because of the containerized cargo things they'll dump in your yard you've got more options more possibilities than in the past i mean you can do a move where you pay people to come help you pack up and load up a truck you drive yourself or you can uh load up one of these units that you then pay somebody to drive for you to Texas. Now, the challenge you have with Texas and certain other fast-growing states is that moves one direction are much more expensive than the other. So a move from California to Texas is a lot more expensive than a move from Texas to California because supply and demand, and so you may be really surprised what it costs. There's also a difference on time a month and all that how much of your stuff are you going to sell and how much are you going to actually move
3: so we've actually been getting rid of a lot of our stuff and we're hoping to have just the bare minimum you know sofa loveseat you know living room furniture bedroom beds for master bedroom and a guest bedroom And that's about it. We're thinking of leaving the appliances, which would be the biggest bulk of the move. And then we've slowly been trying to downsize and get rid of knickknacks and things that we just don't really need anymore.
0: Well, let me give you some ideas. One, I would like you to get quotes from traditional movers, just because of the stress on your body of, you know, doing your own packing Uh, doing the drive across the country because that's a long drive. And Mm -hmm. there's a website you can go to and find legit movers because there's a big problem in the moving industry with with phony or crooked movers. And that's moving.org. Okay,
3: got it.
0: And look for, you want quotes from what are known as pro movers. You'll see pro movers on there. Okay. Make sure any quote you get is what's known as a binding estimate. Because in the moving industry, if it's not binding, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. And if you're moving a smaller amount of stuff, also go to the website uship.com. The letter uship.com. And there are okay. people who run their own like um, um, private services where they move all different kinds of things for people from one part of the country to another or across town, you name it, and they'll bid on your business. So you post what all you're trying to move, and people will bid, and it, unlike um, a bid on eBay where the prices go up over time, on UShip mm-hmm. the prices go down. But you also oh. have the wisdom of the crowd and that the cheapest one may or may not be best is you get to see how people have been happy or not happy with the moves that have been done. And with any move, the flexibility you have about what time in a month you'll have the move makes a big difference with obviously moves right at the end of one month at the beginning of the next are the most expensive because that's when any moving service is at its peak demand. So if you can move... During the slower times of a monthly cycle, you will potentially save quite a bit of money. And hope you love your move to Texas.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com and Joel will ask it for you. Yeah, Clark. Michael wants to know, he says, Gift card granny is recommended on your website to buy discounted gift cards. Whereas Gift Card Granny has many positive reviews, the websites it redirects you to have mixed ratings. For example, some of them have terrible reviews with the BBB, like 1.2 out of 10 based on 76 ratings. Ultimately, is Gift Card Granny and the sites it redirects you to find to use to buy discounted gift cards. Okay, so Gift Card Granny gives you a sense of what the marketplace is, since on the dollar for buying a gift card that somebody doesn't want. And- It's kind of uh, like Kayak, where Kayak has lots of fare information, hotel information, but many times will refer you to sellers that are really sketchy. So you use gift card granting like I want you to use Kayak in the travel world. You use it to survey the market, but then before you would buy on a gift card exchange, you need to check out the seller to make sure that a gift card seller is doing a good job, has a good rating. And if you ever do buy a gift card on one of the exchanges, always pay for it with a credit card, never with a debit card, because that will provide you some layer of benefit. The discount varies very much depending on the gift card you're looking to buy. Some of them are absolute screaming deals, but they always have that risk. go to clark.com slash newsletters.